that is that is all art is you know it's like something relates you to you listen to some music and then it connects you to some experience of yours you look at an artwork and then that kind of kind of connects you to it's a very internal journey the moment yes. and that that that's how that's why art is really important that it kind of uh, takes the viewer into like a personal journey and then it prompts you to open up into a different world altogether which is a very very private and internal you know absolutely hello and welcome to my podcast my sorian talks i am your host aditya This is episode 3 where we talk to a fellow Mysorean KJ Pawan. Thank you KJ Pawan for agreeing to come on the show. Let me introduce you to our listeners. KJ Pawan is an award-winning lens-based artist, musician, actor with roots in the university town of Mysore. A graduate of Mysore Chamarajendra Academy of Visual Arts famously known as Kawa, he is the founder of Studio Kitki. a creative communication and digital design studio he is a visiting faculty at mysore's premier architecture institute wadayar center for architecture and also at amrita school of arts and sciences mysore he has conducted workshops done jury duty on photography competitions as well pawan loves to travel and in addition to photography his love of music as the percussionist and singer with the folk fusion band swaratma has taken him to global tourist destinations from australia to morocco he is also an accomplished actor he has acted in the blockbuster kannada film uton directed by the acclaimed filmmaker pavan kumar which got nominated for best screenplay at the new york indian film festival 2016 his recent film in kannada was the national award winning nati charam directed by mansoori his website is kjpavan.com That was about Pawan. I am really excited to talk to you Pawan. Thank you for being here. A small word to all my listeners. The best way to listen to today's episode is to have your browser pointed at www.kjpawan.com. A lot of what we discuss in this interview today will be much more relatable if you take a look at Pawan's website kjpawan as we speak. So, let's get talking. Hi Pawan thanks for making it to this podcast I really appreciate your time after having read through your intro I see that that's a lot of things for one person to do so how do you actually you know uh, choose what is your most favorite thing to do <laughs> uh, along with uh, all the things what is been mentioned on my profile there's another thing which is also joblessness <laughs> uh, which you need to add because right now i'm kind of jobless uh, for a freelancer that comes very handy uh, you know because as freelancers we don't know where we're going to get our next uh, paycheck from right so so as of now i'm like clueless but keeping uh, jokes apart um if you ask me what's the favorite thing i guess Uh, it keeps changing uh, often uh, because uh, while i'm doing photography i suddenly feel like you know uh, i'm missing music and then uh, when i'm nyc was uh, and then uh, a new bug of acting has also 
uh, you know, Bitney and then uh, that is kind of uh, taken over and um, like immersed in it in the nuances of acting and then trying to learn the art and, uh, you know, and do it. So uh, just um, there's no one thing which is like my favorite because um, kind of each uh, um, profession uh, inspire me to do something else because while um, like while I'm on, I'll give you an example while I'm on stage I usually uh, close my eyes and perform right and, mm-hmm. and while I'm doing that I get some ideas when I for a fraction of a second when I open and look at the audience and then again when I go back to my uh, like inner self and then you know uh, play music I kind of get some glimpses of glimpses of some ideas uh, which might translate into a photography project and so those kind of things happen and when I while I'm doing a shoot I just cannot uh, you know think uh, without listening to music you know it, it kind of uh, um, each of uh, the profession kind of um, pushes uh, the other one um, to its limit you know and um, so that happens so if you ask me uh, as a straight answer i don't have a favorite one all all my okay. four babies are my own babies so, yeah, <laughs> that's uh, nice yeah in in uh, so essentially what you're saying is one thing feeds into the other and always the things are running in your mind in the background so you're able right. to kind of pick one to from the other and kind of make a like you're, you're 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 having a thread running that is connecting everything together. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. That's a very unique way of uh, thinking this through. What I noticed was you your love for photography seemed to emerge at a very uh, uh, you know at the top level in that sense. If I if I went through your website or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How did you discover? I mean. Tell me your story of how you got into all of these pursuits, right? I mean, not just photography, even I remember watching an interview of yours where you said you got into engineering and then you had to convince your parents that, you know, I don't think I'll survive this engineering if you if you no, want me to continue uh, doing it. Yeah, in fact, I didn't even uh, reach that far. I flunked in uh, 12th. Uh, so I never <laughs> saw any engineering college as such also. But uh, my my mother was very uh, adamant and kind of, uh, she dreamt of me uh, becoming an engineer one day because mm-hmm. there was already an artist in the family. My brother, uh, who's uh, who is a painter, mm-hmm. uh, he was already 10 years elder to me. So there's like a huge <coughs> gap between us. So by the time I was uh, in my high school and when I was getting into my pre-university, my brother was was already like a graduate in painting. So, so because there was one already in the family, my hmm. mother was quite, uh, you know, adamant that, you know, there should be some kind of a so-called professional um, uh, within the family, either <laughs> okay. a doctor or an engineer, because okay. all, I mean, the whole of our generation fraternity got into engineering, like, hmm. like, uh, you know, most of us and including yeah. you, 
you know, like the, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like uh, we all got swept through that wave, and then uh, I, it was quite hard for me to convince. Thankfully, I flunked in twelve because um, <laughs> I just couldn't understand what chemistry was. <clears throat> so anyway, so that happened, and then finally, um, um, my mom or my in fact, my father was quite open, but my mom was kind of very. uh as i told you adamant about it but then when nothing of that pursuit would like you know emerge uh she said okay do whatever you want at least <laughs> now that you have flunked at least be a graduate you know <laughs> at least do that so that was kind of like a freedom i got um so i i joined uh, the kava which is chamrajendra academy of visual yeah. arts where my brother was also a graduate from so i joined and with with respect to photography um my father i mean it started at a very young age uh, maybe in my uh, primary school um so it started off uh, my father um, was an amateur photographer mm-hmm. so he would just uh, out of his own interest he would take pictures and, uh, and he was very passionate about uh, the imagery so back then there were no wedding photographers so what he would do is uh, any any weddings in the family or any kind of uh, functions in the family he would just uh, you know um, voluntarily go and take pictures and make an album and give it to the family so that used to be his passion and uh, and then nobody would ask him to shoot and he would just do it on his own you know and then Uh, put all that effort and shoot and uh, finally give them an album so this kind of uh, <clears throat> um i mean of course he was uh, he used to work with bata shoe company and uh, mm. and he would tell me that you know these there used to be these uh, foreigners who traveled to mysore and mm-hmm. then uh, they would you know had to attend some um, aristocratic uh, gatherings and you know uh, dinner parties so they wouldn't have uh, money to buy shoes they would come to bata and then they would speak to my dad and they would trade their camera for a pair of shoe <laughs> and so my my father had like kind of two cameras you know one both were russian cameras one was zenith another one was rico okay. um, and both metal bodies and you know, fantastic cameras and that was kind of like a uh i became very inquisitive about how it works and and he was very open it's not that he didn't allow me to touch it or you know uh, explore it i he just gave it uh, with complete confidence that just do whatever if you are interested in it just explore go ahead and explore so that kind of opened uh, another world to me and um, so photography happened that way And, these were the uh, days of the film photo film based photography yeah, yeah, right not yeah, i mean yeah. experimenting was not such a cheap uh, endeavor it was a fairly definitely, costly definitely yes yes back then we used to get these uh, cut rolls i don't know if you know what it is so the film roll has 36 exposures in it so you yes. can take 36 pictures in each film mm. roll right so mm. so what a cut roll is you take four pictures and mm-hmm. take it to a lab they take the cutro inside the dark room and they count and uh, cut four negative part like the film 
and then okay. put the remaining into the film roll and load it into the camera and give it back to you and they would expose only those four and then uh, you know develop as a negative and then they would print photos out of it but that was wow. kind of a thing okay yeah that's a control uh-huh. process so that kind of uh, you know to save money is instead of you know uh, loading another film roll you can also make like like buy two coffee kind of thing <laughs> like <clears throat> yeah so uh, i remember my father there's this anecdote uh, once uh, my father had shot a, a wedding of a couple like and he had take a taken a close up of the couple and then and he had used the cut roll and loaded the same film roll and uh, maybe like a week after there was a housewarming ceremony and then he had taken the architecture the house exteriors and all that and when he actually printed the uh, photographs uh, he hmm. came he realized that the couple were standing on the top of the house because the cut roll had kind of double exposed and then you know <laughs> okay so these things these blue you know uh, bloopers used to happen Uh, back then but that was like the challenge with the film roles and all that but yeah uh, i started off uh, my introduction to photography was with film mm-hmm. and then even when i uh, studying photography uh, until i was in my second year graduation um, i dabbled with film and negatives and uh, there was a dark room and the cover still has a working dark room so where mm-hmm. you need to uh, process your own film roles and print your black and white photographs and all that so dark room dark room techniques is part of the syllabus so uh, second i was the first in my college to uh, uh, buy a digital camera so this was wow uh, okay. Nik- nikon uh, d70 which was the first one of the first digital cameras uh, which nikon released so back then mm-hmm. i remember uh, just the camera was uh, around 68k and uh, it was a 5.8 megapixel and uh, a 512 mb uh, card sd card that big sd yeah, oh, yes yes sd uh-huh. card i had paid uh, 18k for a 512 mb card <laughs> so <laughs> so so yeah those were the days but uh, it took uh, i was uh, i mean i i was uh, i mean kind of uh, thinking that it would be tough for me to transit from analog to digital but it went on quite smooth it was not yeah. so hard for me because i still even now i have friends who are still on analog photography and they are like very uh, traditionalists in a way <clears throat> they don't want to get into digital photography at all but for me it was quite an easy transition <clears throat> mm uh, so, yeah, in, so, in t- yeah yeah no sorry uh, i just wanted to ask you moving from like when you were an analog uh, let's say photographer it it was rare to find people with cameras right today everybody is traveling with three cameras on one phone and it's like they are having two phones in their pockets right yeah. uh, it, it, how what is the advantage of having been in the analog and that era to this era what do you see as from a composition perspective and you know from whatever it is as a photographer are there any advantages or is it just a you know you're just still competing with all of these instagram photographers uh, they see back then uh, photography was considered as a rocket science literally 
because there's the whole process of how you capture and uh, the back then the cameras didn't have lighting light meter inside it's called ttl through the lens meter okay mm. so if you look through the viewfinder in a camera you get that meter inside right mm. so back mm-hmm. then the manual cameras didn't have those meters and the the camera with which i started rico that camera didn't have a meter at all so you had to calculate your aperture and shutter speed in your mind i remember for the first uh, year year and a half i used to get all uh, empty uh, film rolls like it used to be either overexposed or underexposed and then Oops. until i started mm. the hang of it i got the hang of it and then now if i look at the light i can calculate uh, mentally what would be the aperture what would be the shutter speed because thanks to that you know foundation what i got in the beginning you know but like... have, yeah the 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 what the technical uh, things are more to say yeah. about the exposure but uh, keeping that aside uh, if you compare to what we have uh, so hence uh, photography was kind of nobody would understand what goes behind aperture shutter speed and then it's almost like giving you hand over the film roll to the digital lab and you just pray and wait like you wait for your results right uh, exam yeah. results so you don't know what would have emerged from it some would be like you know underexposed over so those are the things to master that you need you would have to have a lot of experience so now that was the that those were the days now what has happened is that knowledge i don't think it is uh, worth uh, in today's world because what it has the digital technology uh, the advent of technology what has it made is maybe it's made uh, the photographers more difficult in a way because everybody as you said claims uh, they are photographers i mean i'm not denying that uh, they are not <clears throat> or they are half foot a lot of majority of people are average amateurs and but what they are confident about is that if they need to capture one image they can shoot 100 out of that mm. one or two would be definitely a decent picture so that's the confidence they have but uh, if i tell them that you need to shoot only 36 films Uh, mm. pictures mm-hmm. and i need to get 10 good pictures out of that then they'll get you know they might become little um it might become little risky for them so but uh, that that part of uh, the the challenge technology has completely erased and uh, hence it's become more diverse in a way uh, people who have studied photography um, uh, who have not studied photography everyone is Uh, you know becoming good photographers or good image makers you can just i keep telling my students that you can if you just want to learn the technical aspects of photography just you can sit for a day or two with on youtube and just just learn it. it yeah yeah but what goes behind it is uh, the the brain to train your mind uh, mm. about composition and what exactly is needed right that is that is a never ending process you know there's the mastery true. of uh, uh, image making per se so so it it's um, i can say that in spite of having so much experience in the analog uh, photography uh, i don't think it comes handy today 
unless mm. until uh, the world goes back which is which is coming back analog photography is coming back again so okay. until that day happens and then uh, people stop using digital and move completely into analog maybe that day it will again we will get back into that you know uh, gain that respect again uh, why are people going back what what is the deal there well it's kind of uh, digital uh, photography uh, has kind of getting more saturated because uh, like i'll give you an example i i shoot for this uh, company um, uh, basically they export water filters uh, so they mm-hmm. they uh, send their products from chennai and then i shoot it in my studio here in mysore and then so the first time when i shot an image uh, for them they couldn't believe that it was a photograph uh they said uh, have you like rendered it in Touched 3d it software hmm. yeah okay. like have you recreated on a 3d software because it was uh, it was very precision like very precise kind of a, and shooting steel surface which is reflective surface is a very challenging uh, technique so so they couldn't believe it so what so that that's kind of so what i'm trying to say is that because the the precision of there is no uh, rawness in digital uh, photography if you see now everything is very precise so mm. there's a very thin line between digitally creating it and actually shooting on your camera okay if you okay. go and okay. uh, speak to a 3d rendering artist and tell them that mm-hmm. you can you need to make a like a um, an image of maybe like a phone or like any product and mm. show them a reference of an actual photograph that person can actually recreate it without any camera and then give it to you now that is what is happening today so why people are going back to analog is probably to uh, achieve that rawness and maybe like savor that kind of uh, rawness in the imagery and um, and everyone would have loved uh looking at their old albums right their family albums and it's kind of very nostalgic um feeling so so somewhere it's it's coming back and kodak has started making film rolls again uh so oh wow so very soon i guess you know there will be a demand where uh, wedding photographers need to shoot on film and then they might ask for negatives and then you know <laughs> uh, that day might arrive soon But yeah, having said that, are... uh, I, yeah, I might never shoot wedding because I'm like quite scared of shooting weddings in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, and I, I mean, talking of uh, you know something that has kind of vanished in that sense, right? Of the film photography. One of the things I saw in your this thing was in your portfolio was kushti, right? The the wrestling portfolio. is is that is wrestling today uh, dead in india what what do you think as in what what is going on there yeah definitely because uh, uh mysore was considered as one of the capitals of uh, wrestling traditional wrestling in south india mm-hmm. because of the patronage of the royal family and uh, so what it was before and what it has become now it's quite a um sad state you know so to say because back then it they used to uh, um 
recognize the wrestlers and bring them to Mysore. I mean, the royal, uh, the kings would bring them and take care of them, their families, and you know, give them uh, spaces to live, and uh, you know, these wrestling houses or akhadas to uh, to run and teach the youngsters. So there were a lot of kind of uh, support for the wrestlers and the sport itself, <clears throat> and they would feel proud of representing. Like my son. Uh, had like a very uh, strong representation of uh, fantastic wrestlers, and mm-hmm. um, thanks to the you know royal family. So mm-hmm. so that used to be the scene back then. But now, what has happened is because of the lack of uh, support from maybe the government or like various um, uh, the the problem what they are facing is it's mostly the economical part. The passion still okay. remains, but mm. what has happened is uh, it's really hard for them to sustain, because for a wrestler uh, to, you know, to keep their body fit and also like strong, a lot of thing goes behind it. And it's just not about, as we must be knowing that you know, uh, working out is not it's just twenty percent of working out. The rest eighty yeah. percent is about the diet, right? So, yes. so they need to have like good, rich food. And which is it doesn't come easy. You don't get it easy today, right? Because of all the inflation and what is happening around us, and so it's it's really hard. And it's not just um, I mean they just can't do wrestling and then run their life. You know they have to do their uh, they have to run the family, run the show, and take care of you know many things. And then so what happens is uh, if wrestling uh is like one of their biggest passions then it kind of starts diminishing as mm. you become like a family man and then you know because it's really tough so for your question i can say that it is becoming like a dying art mm-hmm. but in spite of all that there are a lot of passionate wrestlers with a lot of difficulty they are still passionate about wrestling and practicing that art so that is still happening but i can i can easily say the youngsters are moving more towards the uh, multi gyms than the wrestling houses you know to keep their body fit because yeah uh, that is what they see on cinema and then you know their heroes moving into so kind of so the youngsters are like kind of there are not of not many youngsters who are interested in you know to keep this art alive so that's like a sad state um, but having said that mysore still has quite a good number of wrestlers including youngsters because around the time of dasara it picks up and because dasara is like a and the the competition which happens during dasara is like a national uh, level hmm. kushti uh, competition so people from nagpur maharashtra maharashtra has a strong representation kolhapur has Uh, a fantastic uh, wrestlers and lineage of wrestlers so uh, very very rarely people from haryana come down south for a dasara um, wrestling competition but mid mid like central until the central part of india <coughs> and all the southern region wherever um, i mean the many wrestlers who represent different states within that region they come and participate 
so that kind of like uh, it remains like a prestigious thing for the wrestlers from mysore to win dasara in mysore mm. and like you know mm. um and keep the um awards or like the prizes within the mysore uh, district you know? um, okay so that kind of passion still remains mm. um but it is slowly dying i can say that i i did read on your sorry i did read on your uh, website about how each one was there was one person running an idli shop right. there was one person i think running an auto, an auto uh, yeah. you know it was it was it did uh, shout out to me saying these are people who are uh, you know trying to do something because that is their passion but that passion is not feeding their livelihoods it right. is still a very primitive maybe there's a wrestling premier league or something everything's gone into cricket right now yeah. uh, we need some funds coming into sports like this but when we want a olympic medal we rely on wrestling we want a medal <laughs> we want this we want exactly. but at the ground level when you want something to happen it seems very yeah uh, rare no, that it uh, happens there is uh, there is quite a like uh, mysore university university level there's quite like They, they give prominence to wrestlers but what happens is eventually the students when they actually get into the thick of uh, the competition level there's a lot mm-hmm. of politics which happens like in any other sport right when it gets into that level of uh, coaching and then you know uh, professional level then another world opens up which is like a filthy very uh, dark and uh, bad politics which happens and a lot of uh, real sports uh, persons just lose uh, the interest and they just give up you know it's it's better not to practice uh, uh, instead of fighting hard and you know to in that politics that will be politics which happens demotivate but yeah yeah that that's really sad state in a way yeah in in i mean just moving to your they still life portfolio i really like yeah. there was one of watermelon uh, uh, i think fully eaten watermelon i think it yes, was and yes. there's a slice of that the skin of the watermelon yeah, and there's a yeah. peel skin of your onion uh, what what were you thinking i mean i i i love the pictures there i simply loved Thank it a great work but how do you think of this what is what is, what did you see in that what people would throw it away right how did you actually right. think of it keep it and you know shoot yeah it? this uh, coincidentally it's uh, uh see i for me uh, as a photographer I, there's a very thin line between painting and photography for me because uh, i would have also become a painter if there was a time there's a moment in my when i had to choose my specialization in my college i was i was leaning more towards painting but that's when my teacher told me that uh, you know you take photography and you can still remain a painter and then approach your imagery as painting and so that's kind of opened up a new world for me so still life and uh, and i've always uh, got fascinated with still life and uh, products which is like kind of uh, bringing life to lifeless right that's always a challenge for a for an artist to bring in life to something 
which has already there's no life in it so it's kind of a very um interesting journey for me to capture that and create something out of it keeping that aside uh this idea came uh, to me uh, somewhere after the first covid first wave and um, so we all had become similar to those objects right which was like just sitting at home and uh, not doing anything and then just so what happened was um, i started spending more time in the kitchen uh, during that mm-hmm. lockdown and then um, and my observation started happening as i would like peel those vegetables and you know consume those fruits and so uh, i could relate that humans were becoming like the leftovers of those fields and um you know the fruits and the vegetables what is shown in that image so i could i could feel that you know i throw it into the mm. bin and then uh, get uh, disposed and then so are the humans around that time you know it's like uh there was a phase it was kind of a dark phase like people are dying and you're not uh, supposed to do the cremation you're not able to yeah. go even look at them families were away from it it was a very kind of uh, sad state so what happened for me uh, was that just before disposing uh, the leftovers i could still see there's some kind of life there mm you know and i could relate to that with humans as well because it's not just you have covid and you become like untouchable right it's it's, it's not that there is some kind of there's another perspective to it to look at so so that kind of that was a slight spark which happened and then it's very strongly connected to uh, my observations and then i started looking beauty in it and kind mm-hmm. of every uh, mm, the moment you uh, take away the uh, part which can be consumed the leftover also has some kind of beauty but it's just that we are not uh, we don't observe it carefully the moment it is done you just throw it right so so i started um, initially i started uh, keeping some vegetables just to Uh, allow them to decay right and it gets spoiled and let it let's see what shape it takes and then in spite of all that will it still inspire me to capture so that was one one kind of approach the other approach was very straight forward like you peel off the onion and then uh, you see that and it was beautiful and <clears throat> so what i would do is i would just take it directly from the kitchen and uh, all of it was shot on taranga's uh, uh, my son uh, taranga's sketchbook he has a drawing mm-hmm. book a huge book so i would just keep it and then uh, everything is shot on window light and i used to take it directly at that moment from the kitchen go keep it on that book use the reflector uh, what you get on zomato uh, mm. the silver card so i used to, i collect that because that comes very handy uh to while shooting so so i used to keep that and shoot and uh, and then just post 
and uh, that so that became kind of uh, a very uh, interesting journey for me because uh, the when i started posting it on instagram um people started responding and they started connecting you know uh, to uh, to all those images and then uh, kind of conversation started happening and uh, from nowhere um there's this uh, platform called uh, uh, the art platform uh, like um, india art platform so so mm-hmm. they um so they have like it's a collection of uh, galleries across the country who who are, who kind of uh, recognize promising upcoming artists and so somebody somewhere saw that image of uh, the watermelon particular and there was another capsicum <coughs> um lefto which i had shot so they saw those two images and then kind of they wanted uh, me to um they wanted to do a digital show um, mm. of uh, uh, um um of a couple of artists and uh, so it's a group show and though it was not a physical show they wanted to do it around the time of covid and wanted to uh, do an online group show so two of my works got selected and uh, this is upper row galleries which is like a quite well known gallery in chennai so mm-hmm. they uh, selected these two works and then they did a show so that was kind of a silver lining because i had never expected that this can be part of a show and uh, so it actually became a show and then that was like a wonderful thing during covid that a show also happened for me and that's purely from which emerged from the situations what we were in and then yeah yeah so that was like an interesting journey um and even now when i uh, and it inspired a lot of my students also when i gave them they used to give them assignment a couple of them might uh, remember they had the uh, short imagery resembling that series of mine and then they had told me that this kind of inspired them to work on similar mm. uh, images so the title itself there still lies it, it there's something right that stays the whole journey of it that let's not give up it's still there there's some life left in it again so to look at it in a different perspective so that was the whole journey of that okay. i i i mean i i i don't know if uh, i can i mean i have i'm having goosebumps listening to this description <laughs> i'll tell you why uh, this exact i didn't have it framed the way that you have framed it but this podcast of mine is actually about this theme i mm. i was having conversations like i'm having with you with a couple of uncles of mine and few of them who passed yeah. away during covid oh my god so the the spirit of those conversations is what i'm trying to stick to in our mm. uh, you know conversations and in in this show itself mm. so it's it's really amazing to listen to this uh, thing and i'm happy that what you are looking at is kind of uh, resonating with uh, you know with how yeah. we have all gone through life in the last two couple exactly. of exactly that is that is all art is you know it's like 
something relates you to you listen to some music and then it connects you to some experience of yours you look at an artwork and then that kinds of kind of connects you to it's a very internal journey the moment yes. and that's 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 how that's why art is really important that it kind of uh, takes the viewer into like a personal journey and then it prompts you to open up into a different world altogether which is a very very private and internal you know absolutely absolutely that's great in fact uh, that takes me to my next section on your doors portfolio uh, it, oh, yeah. which is traces. yeah the traces traces uh, doors windows and all that yeah. what what i'll tell you how i connected to it was i i'm a big fan of the show called breaking bad right in Likewise. breaking bad there is a a character called jane who right. wants to go and watch a georgio keef uh, uh, you know museum Correct. and there she has painted only doors yes right so this that that kind of the uh, i mean that's how my mind traveled but i'm willing to listen to what you have to wow, say wow that that this. was like a, a great connect because i had not uh, connected uh, though i love i'm a huge fan of breaking bad and now the better call saul big up yeah. that and absolutely and uh, but i had not connected to that part yeah now i'm like able to connect so why uh, how this traces uh, traces was actually one of my first projects what i started working on it was even before uh, kusti uh, sorry uh, before junkyard okay junkyard uh, happened to be my uh, first solo show but before that i had started working on traces so kind of uh, i mean if you are from mysore you still uh, get to see a lot of uh, these old houses and structures heritage structures which are kind of Uh, half closed and half open and then you know uh, so it it's kind of very intriguing to look at uh, you definitely can't barge inside the house or the space and then but you want to know what's happening what might be the story of that space itself and the family who's living in so as i used to take walks i still do whenever i get uh, stressed i just the best thing for me to is to just take a walk any old street of my size like it's like life for me and uh, so i still do and then even back then i used to do that so it it was kind of an intriguing thing for me like who are they who mm. would be the family uh, how would they have lived and what would be the story of it and when i was uh, talking uh, this i mean i was sharing this idea with couple of my friends they also had kind of resonated the same thing which is like you know we also feel that so then uh, i thought why not just keep exploring visually whenever you pass through something and it, these are all like just mere documentation this was not planned as i'm passing via that space uh, it initially started off from the lanes of mysore and then it continued to world over wherever i have traveled uh, anything which fascinates me i have kind of captured and i uh, put it and uh, this again uh, as i was working this became part of a, a fantastic group show called harmony uh, a group show which was which happened in bombay this was uh, done by the reliance uh, group uh, back then um, so they picked two of my works from it and then um, uh, it got sold also 
so that was like kind of my first uh, official uh, exhibition where the works got sold and uh, mm-hmm. you know and i again had not never thought that this can because it's like it's still ongoing it is something which will never end uh, and i have never thought of it like it can be like a an exhibition maybe eventually it can become a book i don't know but uh, but that is that that was the whole idea behind it it's just a very minute inquisitiveness about uh the, just what you know hmm. that that was it and that led me into this space and i've been shooting i still haven't updated it yet but as and when i come across i keep shooting it and it's an ongoing series yeah that's wonderful i i i particularly remember during my childhood in mysore we used to enter the uh, the chamrajendra market from one right. particular arch right it which right. was recently uh, i think demolished uh, it's devraja market ah devraja market sorry yeah. the yeah. from the dhanvantri road correct. entrance that correct correct behind has bata. been mm, behind bata right right that entrance has been brought down because i think it was right. at the danger of collapsing or something right yeah that that door is a gateway to some memories right i mean exactly. when you so from those i mean those were memories of that you know how doors can be gateways into memories and uh, i actually also was very intrigued by your co-passenger portfolio right right there is a focus a recurring theme of feet in that <coughs> so sharnapas feet i saw yeah. prasanna and mrs prasanna's feet yeah yeah how and what are you thinking there as in it's very intriguing if i can say so so actually as you might have seen uh, that there are some pictures where i've actually shot the faces also in that uh-huh. yes so, yes so the the uh what happens is when when we think of uh, a portrait the first thing what comes to our mind is the face it need yeah. not be it need not be there can be like a portrait of a slipper a portrait of a tree uh, without showing the whole tree um, so i give these assignments to my students that you should i want you to shoot a portrait of a bottle right mm-hmm. it's like it so how what is it that uh, you can show what what's then the whole definition of portraiture itself kind of dissolves right so because we are kind of very much uh, trained uh, to think that portraiture is just about face so in this series what i tried to uh, explore was mainly the story of that and uh, and there's a kind of uh, humility uh, which kind of shows in the persona of that uh, of that those people and when i look at uh, when i'm talking to them i keep observing like the whole um, their whole um, body language and the way they speak and their gestures and their expressions and all that so if you see uh, in the case of uh, mr and mrs prasanna um what has happened is that humility is just in the way 
they have kept their feet and you know how they are because we are usually we see that uh, uh people uh, the different ways they uh, you know they some people sit cross legged and some people mm. um, it's kind of um there's a very uh, humble gesture in the way they had kept their feet together and as a couple it was very kind of uh they were i mean i i, I could feel that though they are two different people they kind of had become one in their journey of life you know so that was kind of mm. a very uh, humble way of looking at uh, uh their simplicity of their beings and life itself you know so that kind of there's a very uh, so i felt that that gesture with their feet is more prominent uh prominently showing about who they are than their faces so so and in, even sharanapas because sharanapas was a very uh it stays the kind of uh, um the hard work uh, what he has put in and that those feet just tells you that how much he might have walked in his life you know mm-hmm. being a farmer and uh, being like now uh, moving from one city to another and then basically it's just uh, at some time even if your face deceives your feet or hand might not you know you if you have created if you have looked at somebody and then tried to cover up with your expressions on your face your hands and feet uh, they don't lie you know it and if you are a keen observer then you will can catch it so so there are very few thing few shots where i have actually felt that there's no need of showing the face because just the feet and hands are uh, telling a lot of things and there's another um, um i forgot the name but that mango seller um the portrait of that old man and in that he's he's like keeping his uh, fingers crossed like even the hands right and then uh, so that's like very prominent that's actually like bigger than his face so that again that those hands were telling me uh when he was telling the story of that he's a, he's, he grows mangoes those hands were telling me that those are the hands which has actually you know done uh, yeah gone into the earth and to the soil and created that wonderful fruit you know so that was like more important for me to show so so hence i have shown uh, not shown the faces but just the maybe feet or uh, hands in a way to represent the portraits of them wonderful wonderful i I I really liked that that's the first time I've actually seen something like that so I was really, Yeah uh, actually that got uh, that series got uh, featured on uh, Tushara mm-hmm. magazine uh so they did a uh, some 78 pages feature uh, on that um, my co-passenger series which was again kind of I my works had never appeared on a book format uh until okay. that happened and uh, so that was a wonderful thing that it took another 
direction so the wonderful mm-hmm. thing about art is that once you create and disconnect from it it takes its own journey and that's the beauty of it you know and somebody um, like someone sitting in paris or like in london would have displayed my kusti she mm-hmm. shot on in mandi mohalla in mysore and then they would have put it on their house and so the journey is like amazing and that's the beauty of art i can say even with music you know yeah. it is to different continents even in spite of not knowing the languages and absolutely yeah absolutely in fact uh, mandi mohalla and kushti uh, also bring to me memories of 90 91 92 i guess when i used to stay in yadavgiri and uh, ah, mandi mohalla was right down uh, yes, where yes. we were and you reach mandi mohalla and there were massive riots uh, during the uh, this thing so for me fighting mandi mohalla you know riots clashing the red color in fact that background that you have used of and i later saw in another picture that that is a part of a wall which you have used yes. as a flaming fire against a red background yeah. kind of yeah. a feeling though it's actually not that Yeah. it's wonderfully composed i was yeah. but you know your favorite portfolio for me was gujri junkyard oh uh, okay. i i found it extremely uh, uh, you know interesting because growing up in mysore you ended up in places that looked like gujris like mm. you were you were around that like you have also written so beautifully that the smell of grease or the the yeah that entire feeling of that place is very different so for me i also drew a parallel with how our minds are right we we just store so many things and then it's like a junkyard but when you want something useful you actually get it from there only exactly it's it's again from there that you get it yeah so yeah i mean anything you have to share about that would be wonderful to hear yeah junkyard was about kind shooting. of yeah the um, it was a very dear project for me because uh, as a student i used to, we were sent to junkyard to do sketching and uh, imagine that an ocean of objects uh, that place it just bombards you and then overwhelms you with uh, uh, the just the objects and it's filled with it and and imagine what can you sketch mm. because if you just take out like like one piece and put it on the table and then tell them tell the students to sketch they can do it but this is like an ocean of objects ah uh, just the whole thought of sketching would tire me out but then we would still i remember sitting there and then getting lost just by observing the objects and you know getting lost in those world that world particularly so uh that was the memory of uh, junkyard for me as a student but cut to Four five years, uh, six years after that, when I graduated and I worked as an assistant photographer, and then that that imagery kept on coming back to my head because I started looking at the whole of advertising and fashion uh, itself was kind of I could draw parallel to junkyard because you know what you do as the fashion photographer. I really um, when I I as a as a photography 
student when i graduated i really wanted to become a fashion photographer so i actually worked uh, under a fashion photographer as an assistant and uh, while working there i realized that maybe that's not in me you know that whole approach towards fashion and creating that mm-hmm. image and so i kind of started so while i was in that transition of uh, uh, fashion imagery what was coming in my head again and again was the images of junkyard because i could i could relate to the uh, many things which i could relate to what was happening with advertising per se i'm not saying that i moved away from advertising and fashion i still do it <coughs> but there was a kind of a, a parallel which was kind of uh, somewhere getting connected between junkyard and um, the fashion imagery itself mm-hmm. so then um, just after i quit uh, uh, as an assistant photographer the first thing what was uh, what happened in me was that i need to go back to junkyard so that very space where it used to overwhelm me and then actually try to see what is it that it is coming back to my head so mm-hmm. again went and explored uh for about a month i would go and then uh, finally i decided that i will start shooting and when i started actually started shooting that was a different world altogether because uh people started questioning me and then uh, uh they confiscated my camera for a couple of days because i had not taken permission that the booking mm-hmm. permission from the district collector's office that i'm doing this not as like a um, kind of detective agency job but i'm doing it more like oh. a, a for a, as an art uh, process because a lot of stolen stuff comes into junkyard also like stolen bikes and automobiles and so they are very 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 it's an open secret that they just it just comes and within seconds it gets this time dismantled and becomes into different pieces right so mm. they were very uh, cautious about it and they kept on asking me what is it why am why am i shooting and all that so finally they got convinced that i'm doing an art series and it is for an exhibition so they were happy about it <coughs> so what i could uh, relate was also the object and the smell of that grief mm. what i actually mm. mentioned in the text uh, another thing which i also uh, remember was the kid who used to run around uh, have now become teenagers and they have become poignant and they are sitting in their shops and you know kind of life has moved on uh, uh, it, it's more like uh, the kids are under the shade of your ancestors and they are growing up in a very uh, respected way and that ancestral part is the junkyard itself you know in under the shade of that junkyard they're just growing there happily and now they become shop owners and then another generation come and passes but the space remains the same and it's the same the objects change the 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 designs of the automobiles or like the electronic gadgets electric whatever it keeps changing according to the technology but the core essence of that space remains the same you know the hustle 
everything what goes behind it that whole emotion what runs behind that junkyard remains intact and it just goes on from one generation to another so that's the beauty of it and uh, even now if i go i could still relate to the same uh, head space what i would uh, get into because that place has not changed i don't think it will change for a city like mysore it will never change mm. because again that's like a uh space which was given by the royal family to that community and it remains intact yeah and yeah. that was my first solo exhibition which happened in 2009 in gallery sumukha bangalore mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah yeah beautiful so thanks pawan i mean that has been an excellent uh, uh, i think learnings for me insights for me into photography and how you think oh what about music actually got to you as in you you are you are an artist which is a photographer you are a, also a musician you are also a you are also looking at uh, acting right being an actor yes. because you are not a creator when you are an actor you are probably taking directions from somebody and doing something you are probably not creating <laughs> so music uh, happened uh, to me um, as any other household in mysore uh, because the moment you wake up listening to akashwani and then uh, and by default there is either ml vasant kumari or ms subhlakshmi or bhim sen joshi you know you hear that sound and then you wake up right so so that was like a normal thing for me by default radio would be on all the time and my mother was uh, both my parents were uh, strong uh, music uh, connoisseurs and my mother is a trained she was a trained classical vocalist uh, of course she would rarely perform and not um, as a solo but as part of the group and all but she had i remember her teacher would come home and teach her uh, mommy would come uh, to the I I I don't even know what her name was she was called as mommy and that was her name for me yeah she would come home and teach carnatic vocals for her and then that was kind of an initial exposure for me to understand what goes behind uh, you know swaras and all that so uh, but keeping all these things aside my fingers would always work keep like you know uh, tapping on tables and chairs and any surface what i would get so uh, i i tell this in many interviews that i started playing on tabla not on tabla first <laughs> yeah so yes. that's like a famous line which uh, people say that they it's very funny but that's how it started because my hands would just keep tapping on surfaces until uh, in my high school i realized that maybe i should explore learning it prof- like formally so i went and enrolled myself uh, for tabla classes and pandit sadashiv swami was no more and he was one of the few tabla teachers hindustani tabla teachers in mysore so i joined uh, under him and then uh, i did my uh, juniors i passed my juniors exam from allahabad sangeet prayag samiti um 
in tabla and then uh, that was it i i came for 10th standard and as you can imagine uh, like a south indian family going into 10th standard and pre university okay <laughs> engineer or doctor in the making study hard now leave everything aside right and then music stopped there and um, and then the hustle began and then until i moved to kawa um, and then heard my bandmate wasu playing guitar in some classroom and then kind of it drew me towards that sound and then i went and sat and again started tapping on the table while he was playing guitar and that was the kind of restart to my musical journey and that very fine day swaratma got formed my band and uh, and then i consciously didn't want to play tabla then because uh, back then any fusion band uh, you can you can imagine after shakti it's like acoustic guitar and tabla would be like the prominent fusion sound so i didn't want to play tabla consciously so i picked up kanjira mm. and that became like prominent uh, percussive sound for my band and uh, then that's how the musical journey began and started off as like a small college band to impress girls from other colleges and then <laughs> and became serious after some time and started winning like competitions and national level we got recognition and then and <clears throat> some point we realized that we should continue doing it seriously so that's how the band got formed and this is the 22nd year of the band and it's still strong and moving on though the lineup has changed wasu and i still remain as the founding members of the band and uh, the band is still strong and going forward wonderful yeah been
I was uh, um, recognized or like picked by Pawan Kumar um, for my debut film U-Turn because mm-hmm. he saw an actor in me just looking at my picture and then he called me and then audition happened and then suddenly I became like a, an actor. But um, I mean, it's not that... Um, it was not there in me maybe it was somewhere lying inside deep down and then uh, kind of it has now started opening up and uh, um so for with respect to music what was happening was that it had kind of become like a monotonous thing like every every venue in the country we have played and we know what the audience wants and just plug and play it's kind mm. of you know uh, <clears throat> so when i actually faced the camera as an actor there was kind of i mean the initial days of a uh, band's journey uh, where you get butterflies in your stomach and then you kind of you're tense you're like you know i need to deliver something so that mm. kind of had kind of uh, got saturated with the band at that point in time mm-hmm. and when acting happened that came back to me so that kind of tension and you know the butterflies the emo yeah to emote mm-hmm. in front of like a large crowd and then face mm-hmm. the camera and then they're expecting you to deliver and all that so that kind of very fascinated me that you know i should explore this more and it's become kind of addictive so mm-hmm. it's hard for me to move away from it now kind of you know it's Um, I try and keep approaching though I'm not like an actor who does lot of films but uh, if a good role comes my way I just pick it up and explore it so yeah yeah I That's really liked Nati uh, Charami uh, for example that yeah, was yeah. I thought even as a movie was really tackling a bold theme which right. which was i mean if if you talk about women women are seen as objects of pleasure not their own pleasure being something exactly. that they want to explore as yeah. and that was i mean amazing and your choice of movies are also very very good i mean i if if i know that you pavan is there then i'll go and watch it <laughs> yeah but i do get offers like recently i got an offer uh, to um is a character the uh, wife beating husband oh and uh, i mean i initially i was a bit skeptical because i am personally i'm not in that space at all but as an actor you get to you get these chances to explore something which you are not right so th- that was an interesting thing but but uh, some some things didn't work out uh, so i so i somehow didn't work on that project but i keep getting these uh, offers which are kind of difficult for me to imagine but those are the challenges for an actor you know to um to achieve even in nati charami there were moments where i was uh, quite there was a, there was a scene where the kind of an intimate creepy kind of scene between me and shruti hari you know it happens and so i realized that it was not in me and i had took couple of retakes and that's when i realized 
I got huge respect for Pran and uh, Vajramuni and so people like them who Chakti are like legend. Yeah, yeah, they're legendary because they're like some. They're very good human, but to emote that on the screen, it's an, another kind of art, you know. And uh, so it's a fascinating journey. Lovely, lovely. I mean, I your your journey itself has been a great journey. I mean, I I really am very fascinated by your journey. It is something that uh, all of us uh, might dream of but never achieve uh, in our lifetimes, at least. I mean, I I feel like uh, going back to your uh, thing, which is like you know, uh, what is your profession and what do you do mm. to relax your uh, mind and relax yourself? Yeah. yeah. And you yeah. and you asked me that. What I felt was that. Uh, when you choose a profession which uh, relaxes you, then there's nothing called as relaxation time. And for me, uh, all these professions, what I'm into, is kind of uh, very soothing, and uh, don't get worked up. Uh, it's kind of a very calming kind of process which happens, and especially art itself. You know, to create to create something. itself is a wonderful process which kind of you should keep your ego aside and you know and it, you have to go very it's a very internal journey which happens in you mm. and uh, so that that i have never, never felt tired of it you know it's it has never tired me where i feel like you know i should move away from it it's just that i feel like dabbling with different things and i am not good at multitasking So yeah, take a break from this and do that. Mm-hmm. Come back to this. So I've taken a break from the band, and uh, so now I've got back, gotten back to the band, and now I can say that I can see my photography is like kind of taking a back seat. So I will eventually, you know, very soon come back to it. So it's kind of those things happen, but nothing has tired me so far. So, <laughs> so you don't need to really unwind or relax in that yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. I get paid to unwind myself. So on on probably a, it's a tangential note to the conversation, but I know that uh, it means a lot to you also. What does Mysore mean to you, Pab? Well, Mysore is my breath. So uh, it's beyond my home. Uh, it just um i can survive only here i can this is this is where i can live and feel that i'm still alive you know um i have i have tried i was in bangalore and as i keep traveling across the world also what i felt is i always feel every new city i go to i i kind of it's a very internal thing which i try to compare Will it be as good as my thought? You know, <laughs> and so far, no city has beaten that. Uh, has overtaken my thought, and uh, I guess it will never. Uh, <laughs> something which comes. Uh, I mean, there are cities which have like reminiscences of my thought, like Pune, for that fact. I have like mm. a, a very close kind of it reminds me of my thought, the older part of Pune. and uh, but having said that 
nothing can beat my soul and and for me as an artist all my ideas emerge only while i'm here because uh, i remember while i was in bangalore not a single project i did with photography and uh, art <coughs> and the moment i came back to mysore started bombarding you know it started getting ideas and so like yesterday um, i i just i was coming back from Man- the central part of mandi mola a new idea for the next project has you know emerged okay so and i have already started working on it so so every new can corner in my soul kind of it just hits you and keeps you um young as an artist and keep get throwing ideas at you and then the only thing is you have to catch it if you are <laughs> so my soul is like that you know um, it keeps throwing at you and then if you are mature or able enough you will catch it and then create something out of it so I my totally, soul never sees that way totally relate to what you see i yeah have very similar uh, Uh, i would say emotions towards my sir right thank you pavan i mean we have come to the end of this interview now uh, as a part of the show what we do is we also have a, a recommendation for something for our listeners to watch or listen over the weekend yeah. is there anything that you would like to recommend to them on your behalf that you liked recently or anything that you think is an all time classic like we spoke about breaking bad and better call saul for example yeah yeah right some i mean anything that you want um i recently got uh, floored with this film called the humans mm-hmm. uh which is on movie um it's a fantastic film actually it, it's uh, you need to watch to experience what it is and it's a beautiful film um and uh, it won many awards uh, mm-hmm. across the world and after watching I the I had thought the director is maybe he's a seasoned director but uh, I came to know that the director was a debutant and uh, it was like a fantastic film and that is one film which I would recently which I saw and then I would recommend that mm-hmm. and uh, just yesterday uh, I came to uh, know about this artist called Aytag Dogan so mm-hmm. he plays this uh, turkish instrument which is very close to dilruba and uh, kind of santur very close to that and um, he's a um, fantastic musician and i got um, somebody recommended it yesterday and then i heard it and i was floored and it's uh, it's all over it's on you can find him on spotify so um that's something which how I do we explore. spell his name i it's a y t a c okay itak uh, dogan d o g a n okay yeah so, itak dogan okay yeah he's an amazing artist one okay. should listen to his music i will i will follow him i will follow yeah. his work thank you for your recommendations pawan it was lovely talking to you I thank wish you, you thank you the again. best in all your endeavors thank you again for doing yes. this interview thank you yes, so much yes anything for my so as i always say thank and you for so a fellow mysorean it always uh, privileged to share about the snippets of our city 
absolutely thank you so much i wish to stay in touch with you and explore more of my soul through your eyes thank you thanks aditya yeah thank you bye And with that, we come to the end of this episode of Mysorean Talks. Thank you for listening. Tune in to Mysorean Talks every Friday. I am on Facebook and Instagram as Mysorean. I also have a Facebook page for the podcast called Mysorean Talks. Facebook.com slash Mysorean Talks and you'll find me. Please like the page and stay connected for more and frequent updates. You can also connect with me on Mysorean.com. Come, say hi, let's get talking. Thank you.